Hi, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Dr. B Show. I am your host, Dr. B. I interviewed the great Robert Ferrer, a dear friend of mine. We connected through a mutual friend, and the rest is history. He's been a guest speaker of mine. I've been a guest speaker of him and vice versa. He's an amazing guy. He's over 30 years of experience in the underwriting world. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Dr. B Show. I'm your host, Dr. B. As always, I'm here with the great Robert Farrell. Robert, how are you, sir? I'm great. How are you, handsome? How's everything? Uh, fantastic here on a spring day. So let's jump right into it, my friend. So um, tell everyone about yourself. Uh, sure. Well, uh, I was born in Uruguay. I came to America in 1980 and naturalized in 85. Uh, I lived in Jersey uh, until last year, and then I moved here to Florida. I, I live in Florida, uh, South uh, South Florida, right? Um, I I am an investor. I'm a lender. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an educator. Um, you know, this is the nature of what I do today. Um, I have a formal education. Uh, I graduated from uh, King University, where I uh, I have two college degrees, finance and accounting. And guess what? I did that by uh, driving a truck, my friend, the good old fashioned way. I love it. I love it. Thank you so much. Uh, Speaking of Kane, you went to Kane, you got your BS finance and accounting. How did that experience help you at all in in what you're doing today? Well, um, what what it did more so than anything else, uh, it helped me how to think. It taught me how to think, to become more of an analytical individual, right? Um, Also taught me that um, you know, I, I, I cannot work for anybody else. You know, the, the college taught me how to think. It be, you know, you know, it, it, it shared it shared some things about me that I was like, you know what? Um, I'm not going to be the kind of guy who is going to uh, take this information and just uh, give it away to work for somebody else, right? Uh, because I, I worked for a garment company for as a, as a staff account for two years, and. Um, I just didn't like it. I, you know, I saw no future in, in in an individual like myself, right, with my personality, uh, to be an employee. You know, um, I have this healthy ambition to always develop and be my, you know, be my best. You know, try to try to become the better version that I can possibly be. Right? Uh, in college, I honestly, my friend, I did not buy many books because books were very expensive. Right? So what I did is I try to take the logic of what I was information I was receiving from my, from my teachers, right? Try to understand that. And from then I just, um, you know, when I was taking exams, I was taking tests. What I did is I tried to reply with what was my best understanding of what was being asked of me, right? So it helped me a lot to become a better, um, you know, to think, you know, and that also helped me in my business because uh, what I do is, I look at math, I look at behavior, and I try to underwrite based on that, based on what uh, what I understand uh, on the information that I'm receiving. So I keep I keep using the same techniques that I did when I was in college. I love it. Uh, the reason, love it, love it, love it. The reason why I have you here, you you have over thirty plus years of uh, of experience in the other writing in the other writing world. So I remember you telling the story about how you went from real estate to help a small businesses, repivoted back into real estate. Can you tell the audience that story? Sure, sure, sure. Well, like I said, I was a staff accountant, uh, accountant for a garment company. They didn't like it. Uh, so I answered an ad to become a loan officer, 
right? No experience necessary. So I went and I did that, you know, I, I started uh, becoming a loan officer, learning, uh, learning how to take applications and the process and things of that nature, right? Um, it got me to a point that I was, you know, recognized for my production. Um, and also I ended up to become the branch manager for a company called Countrywide Home Loans, which I did from 2002 to um, 2010, right? Um, at 20, and, and we were doing phenomenal. Like we, we were averaging about $21 million in closed loans every month. In 2008 to 2010, you know, we started losing a lot of programs, a lot of the solutions we had. And it was hard to maintain that um, production. So what I had to do is I had to pivot from strictly residential lending on, on the real estate world, right? Uh, to more of a commercial and business uh, loan. So I started doing factoring loans. I started doing purchase order financing. I started doing like uh, supply chain financing, equipment, inventory, uh, cash flow loans, you know, like M uh, MCAs and things of that nature, right? And um, as a matter of fact, because of that, uh, I closed on the biggest USDA loan as well in 2019 in, 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 in America, right? But um, that U.S. loan had a lot of real estate involved. And real estate has always been my passion, something that I really love. I, I love people saying thank you when you put them in a house or you help them improve that financial position that it, you know, is very attached to, to real estate. And, um, and many folks kept saying, Robert, you know what? Uh, you helped me with my house. You helped me with my house. Can you help me refinance? I want to buy another house. Or I want to invest, or I want, you know, can you help my my um, my my children buy, right? So it got me back into what I love to do, which was uh, real estate. And one of the things that I noticed that when I'm when I'm going back to real estate is that there was a lot of bad information, and uh, there was a lot of information where folks, um, especially the Latino community, right you know, was, was behaving in a manner, uh, that their finances was not best suited for, 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 um, the banking world, the institutional world. Right. Uh, it was a lot more towards the, um, private type of money. So I started connecting with, um, companies that were, you know, claim that they were teaching how to invest in real estate, you know, real estate mentorship and things of that nature, right? And and they were more like motivators than mentors, right? Uh, they were motivating folks to have bigger dreams, but they were not so much great educators, right? Um, and I noticed that not a lot of folks knew much about, you know, banking and finance and behavior and investment, uh, investing math and consumer law and tax law and banking law, right? They, they, they did not know a lot of this stuff. So I started, you know, teaching them to prepare them to become better investors in real estate and how to obtain um, more financing, uh, better cost of funds, uh, better terms, um, you know, just so, so they can gradually and, and, and uh, grow, you know, in, in a form that it was, you know, I, I try to measure my words here. So, I, but, um, you don't, you know, in real estate, you know, you don't become very wealthy from one day to the next, right? So you have to prepare themselves. 
And I started doing that. Consequently, because I started teaching these folks how to do, you know, how to prepare themselves better for financing, more and more private lenders got uh, became interested in uh, what I'm doing. And they said, listen, you know what? We like how you put the loans together. We like how professional you are and what a great banker you are, you know, like that, you know, how well you understand the Latino community, how well you understand the, uh, the Anglo community, right? So I started getting way more and more and more uh, lenders. And because of that, I got a, you know, a great platform right now, like about, I don't know, like 200 or so private lenders. Additionally, I just got my own line of credit where I can become, I, I am a, a direct lender myself, right? So it went from, it went from, um, doing great in the residential world to, you know, the implosion of 2008, 2009 and 10, right? Uh, to moving into other types of funding solution for businesses and, and uh, commercial real estate. And finally to um, commercial real estate, residential real estate and personal loans is the bulk of what we do. So that was, that was the reason where, you know, where I was to where, you know, where I am right now, you know? I love it. I love it. Which segues into my next question, right? So it's always a conversation, right? Never just Q&A. Mm -hmm. So you are a partner with People First Investment Group. How did that come about? I know the story, but. Yeah, sure, sure, <laughs> sure. All right. So uh, as, I'm, as I'm traveling around, right, teaching folks how to invest in real estate, right? Um, I met a friend of mine who's a friend of mine right now, right? By that point, I didn't know him. Uh, which is like about two years ago, who is a guru in finding the best ways to help folks. And, uh, you know, folks that are losing their house and folks that are, you know, very, they're motivated sellers because they have a lot of issues, right? Um, so he, he is the guru of helping folks save their houses, right? And at the same time, earn money as a real estate investor. Um, I, so when I met him, I said, you know what? I need to do business with this guy. I need to become his partner. We need to start a company to, to bring his uh, education and his form of doing business, right, uh, to the Latino world. Uh, then I also um, got together with one of my customers, who is also now my partner, that in the first, uh, he's, he's like an international businessman, right? Uh, he owns a factory in Mexico for more than 20 years. But in, he lives in America, and um, he was a customer who we did over 120 deals in his first year as an investor. Super aggressive, right? So I said, okay, what do I have? I have a great mind who knows how to find the best, the best properties, right? The mo most motivated sellers. Uh, these folks need help. Then I have an. Um, an entrepreneur, investor with a lot of money, and I can do all the math. I can do all the financing. So I put in, I put in the three of us on on the phone first. Um, we we liked you know the idea so that we had. So we flew to Florida, um, where we're supposed to have a, a you know like a two hour meeting. Ended up being like an eight hour meeting. Two days later, uh, we had the company going. Right. But it was all from networking, you know, you know, and I met him, I met um, my partner. His name is Chad McCall. I met him in, in Las Vegas. 
Um, he he was there to be a speaker for a um, for a company that does the same thing that you know educates folks how to invest, right? Uh, and I was there as a speaker to uh, teach folks how to properly uh, put themselves in in a strong financial position to get to get loans, right? So I met him there, networking in Las Vegas. We came to Florida. My partner is from Florida. We put everything together. And now um, we help, we do an, on an average, like 20 or 30 deals per month, helping folks save their houses all over the country, right? Um, my other partner, his name is Carlos Serda. So Carlos Serda, Chama Cole and I, we created this idea, this company, to teach folks how to invest properly, to help folks that are losing their houses, to obtain financing and to raise capital, right? And also we are willing to teach folks how to do all this. So it, it's, it's a, it was a wonderful period for the three of us to do what we do uh, because um, Carlos has his skills, I have my skills, Chad has his skills, and the three of us, you know, put together, we are gonna be able to help and we are helping a lot of folks, man. I love it. Your uh, computer keeps moving a little bit, so maybe I think you're leaning against. Oh, I'm sorry about that. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Um, so yeah, I'm so excited. You're excited. You know, it's it's, it's uh, you're, too excited. you're so excited. like this. So People's First Investment Group provides, you know, CRE investors, as you mentioned, with properties sold without the agents or wholesalers. Can you? I guess is that what you is that what you referred to before? Yeah. So what happened is, um. Folks around the country, right? They have all kinds of problems, right? The, the, and, and because they have problems, because, um, you know, life has variables, right? So people get sick, people get divorced, uh, folks pass away, people lose their jobs, right? Uh, people, um, you know, the cost of living, inflation, things of that nature, right? You, you know, like, uh, the taxes may went up, you had another kid, you had some medical bills, the HOA, you know, so there's so many reasons why folks can have uh, problems, right? So what we do is we market to them and we say, listen, in about a few days from now, you're about to, uh, if you don't cure your loan, you're going to uh, pretty much lose your house, right? So we ask them, you know, have you talked to your family? Have you talked to, um, you know, your social groups, or your, your church and, 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 you know, associations? And did you talk to the bank? And did you talk to your lawyer? And, you know, where you stand? And typically said, you know what? You are our last resort. We have no other solution. We are about to lose our house, right? So what we do at that point in time is, all right, you know what? We're not, we're not gonna go into looking for properties with realtors or wholesalers. These folks, you know, they come to us. You know, as we market to them, they come to us, right? And we said, okay, if you did the house to us, we'll stop whatever problem you're having, right? And then we'll go and we um, um, let you be there or we can create a note. And now you're gonna pay us, right? Uh, so we save their house in more than one way because we do that, right? So just going to give you a, a brief mathematical example, right? Let's say somebody owes a house for $150,000. They have a first mortgage of $40,000 and they have, you know, back 
back taxes and back interest for, let's just say, $10,000. So they're literally going to lose their house for $10,000. So we can go about it two ways. We can go and pay the full $50,000 after they did the house to us, or we can create a note for, let's just say, $10,000, right? And cure the mortgage so they can get back to uh, normal, right? And, 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 and we stop foreclosure procedure. Now, this property, obviously, if we, if we, if we pay $50,000 and the house is worth $150,000, we got tons of equity. Consequently, because we have tons of equity, every deal will have about four to five different exit strategies, right? Exit strategies mean different ways to make money, right? Uh, we can, you know, they can continue renting, right? Uh, we can sell the property to the previous owner, which is always what we try to do. Right. Um, we can pay the previous owner some money so they can vacate, vacate the house. We can sell the property to the open market and give him more money. Um, we can fix the property and rent it and uh, um, and then do a refinance, you know, um, you know, or we can just continue to rent it for many, many years. So the way that we behave is go to motivated sellers that have issues, that need help, and properties that have great math, consequently we will have many exit strategies. So that is why we don't go with wholesalers and we don't go with realtors because they have to put their margin and their commissions, right? Where that will create a lesser, um, you know, it will, it, will, it will create a lesser cap rate. It will not provide the best returns of investment and things of that nature. So we make sure that we do all the math right when we do these transactions, you know, and help folks out like that. I love it. I love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, speaking of investors, right? As an investor, <clears throat> besides the cap rate you just mentioned, ROI, NIF, cash from cash, equity, exit strategies, what else should what a new investor should look into? Uh, what should we, or consider when uh, when investing in in whatever you just mentioned? Well. Um, you want to, you want, you know, one of the things that we try to teach folks is that don't go for the unicorn, right? Don't go for this, that one deal that is going to, you know, make you, you know, $500,000 in one shot, right? Go for the deals that make you, you know, $30,000, $40,000, you know, and do a lot of them, right? By doing that, what you do is you want to do deals in a market that you can control. Like typically we like to control the market by taking on a lot of properties that are very close to each other, right? Um, that's where people go, right? Um, and by doing this, you know, you also create your market. If, if, I, if I have, you know, four, five, six properties in one area and we fix them and we put money onto them, right? automatically all my properties at the same time are going to create value, right? Um, you were, you know, you were talking about the cash on cash and the net income after finance and the cap and well, the other thing is this, right? We look in heavily into math. Math to us is everything, right? Um, the only way that we, you know, cause there's a lot of opportunities. There's, a, there's many things, right? Um, but with math, you don't mind where the market, you know, the, uh, as a nation goes, right? When, um, 
when the market is on an incline or when the market is in a decline, right? Real estate has many ways to, you know, um, earn your money, create deals, get deals done. And, and the way that we do it is never get emotional, never concern ourselves with, uh, I want this property because it's a unicorn and nobody's doing it. And I don't know how most people did not notice it, right? We go with the ones that it makes the most math sense, right? Um, you know, like inflation has indicators that more foreclosures are gonna happen, right? And, um, um, you know, real estate is a great way to identify, you know, what to do, you know, you know how to invest, how to think ahead, right? Um, like for argument's sake, 2020, 2021, 2022, those were great years for flipping houses. There was a great years for doing wholesaling, right? Right now, it's a different market. It's a better market for rentals, it's a better market for notes, right? To create, to create loans um, on, on properties that have equity, right? So as long as you as long as you know what to do and, and when to do it and you know you look at you look at all these indicators and so on and so forth and then you look at all the math, right? Um, you're always gonna be okay as long as all of these things, right? Uh, present you with the best opportunities. I love it. I love it. No, absolutely. You have to consider all that, all those factors, right? Always. Yeah. Um, you spoke about foreclosure. So according to a study by ATTOM, U.S. foreclosure activity continues to climb during the first quarter in 2023 to 95,712 foreclosures. Filings in the first quarter up 6% from the previous quarter and up 22% from a year ago. And of course, factors such as the COVID relief is almost done and, and things of that nature, the economy. Mm -hmm. right? Do you see those trends continuing? What's just, just want to know your opinion about that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. See, um, but for, you know, foreclosures is, 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 is different people to different folks, right? So exactly. like um, foreclosure can be just, you're not making payments on your primary residence. Foreclosure can also mean that you're not paying your taxes. Uh, you know, it, it, it's, it's a lot of different things, right? Folks are get divorced and uh, they got sick. The COVID, COVID created a lot of, um, you know, health issues and for all folks. And, you know, so, so there's a lot of that. Inflation is not helping either, right? So we foresee um, the numbers going to go up, right? But again, um, it's, not, it's not the end of the world when you understand how, how all of this works, right? Uh, we teach our folks have to, you know, find these foreclosures. We, we help them with the negotiation. Um, so, so the owner of the property um, feels strong that they're not going to, uh, um, you know, just, um, you know, change masters for lack of a better word, right? So we, 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 we see that this are gonna keep growing but we feel that this is also gonna be able to give us an opportunity to help a lot more people as well, you know? So um, I, I recently was looking where per month in certain states like California and New York and Florida and Texas, uh, Ohio, I forgot what other states, right? But um, there's about 2000 folks that uh, um, go into foreclosure per month. You know, it's, 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 and I feel that those numbers are going to keep increasing, you know? 
hundred percent there. Yeah, you're right. Uh, different strokes, different folks when it comes to foreclosure. It could be different circumstances depending on the individual. Right. Right? So hundred yeah, percent. It, it's not just the economy. It's, it's many things, you know? Right. Exactly. Um, we're winding down, believe it or not. So, um, what what is you, uh, people's first investment group's uh, unique selling proposition? What makes you stand out amongst other folks in your space, if if anything, right? It looks like it sounds like it's a blue ocean. It looks like it's something that it's that's not been not being done in the market. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, well, number one, we're not motivators, right? So if you look at if you look at folks that do what we do, right, uh, they they just try to motivate folks, right, um, to oh invest and do this and do that, and we're not that, right? Um, we don't tell people that, you know, uh, you can do what we do without money, right? Or you can do without experience, you know, uh, that is super easy. We're not those companies, right? Uh, oh, you know what? You can invest in real estate without any technology or computer. No. What we are is we are teaching folks doing it, right? Because, uh, teaching folks how to do things because we're doing it ourselves, right? Um, we invest every time, every, you know, like I said, on a monthly basis, we pick up anywhere from like, you know, 30 to 40 deals consistently, right? Um, we, you know, show how to folks how to negotiate, show folks how to vet them, vet these properties, right? Uh, we we understand the financing. Uh, if, if people f- find themselves in trouble, they can come to us. If people want to invest, they can come to us. So we do a lot more, uh, like, you know, we, we have capital, we have um, the system, we have the marketing strategies, we have um, the financing, you know, everything that is needed in order for for um, investors and ourselves, right, to make money by helping people. The majority of the folks that want to invest in real estate, all they contemplate is, um how am I going to make money? One of the things that we do is how am I going to make money by helping the people that need us to help them as well? You know, that's, that's one of the big differences uh, from anybody else and us. I love it. I love the unique selling proposition, which segues almost, we're almost winding down. So as a, for anyone who's trying to jump in for the first time into real estate, what's the first thing they should do? Should they pick a niche or, or even before that, does it matter whether it's multifamily fix and flip? Is it, what, what should be the first thing they should do? I'll say, yeah, first of uh, educate yourselves. Number two, build a good team and, you know, get a good accountant, a good title company, good attorney, you know, get the, you know, good bang, you know, learn how to uh, put yourself together in a, fr- in a proper position, you know? Um, you know, also become qualified. If you're going to be a fix and flipper, be, be, you know, get qualifi- qualified to become that, right? If you look for rental properties, you know, get that going in, in with a bank, you know, uh, um, put yourself in a position where you apply and you find the opportunity that you're going to get it. Right. Um, if you need personal financing, if you need, you know, whatever the case is, prepare yourself. I always tell people, don't, don't become, don't learn the process during the process. Right. Put yourself in a position fit first and then execute. Amazing preparation and process. It's the second podcast I did today, it comes up, it comes up again. It's all about preparation and process, right? And get it done. Where always, could, always. Where could people find more information about you or about People First Investment Group? Well, um, anybody can call me, right? Robert Ferrer, nine five four six one four six three one six. 
I'm always I'm always busy, so I'm always available, right? Uh, email me rfera at peoplefirstig.com. Um, I you know we have a full team, um, and if folks wants to learn how to invest or they want to uh, invest themselves because they have money or or they find themselves in trouble then they need help. Um, I'm always going to be available, uh, and those are probably the two best ways to do so. Robert Farrell, it's a pleasure having you on my show. I've been on your show in Spanish or, or Spanglish, <laughs> and I'm happy to have have you on my show. So I really appreciate your time today. <laughs> Thank you, brother. Thank you much. Thank always you. waiting. Robert Farrell, everybody. Thank you. Hey, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this episode with Robert Farrell. He's an amazing guy, just an amazing, awesome human being. And he's doing great things with People First Investment Group. Hope you enjoyed the episode. Hope you enjoyed it a little bit, understood a little bit more about the other underwriting process. Take care.